The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you always. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars, episode 142. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hello there, everyone. I'm Mike Creevy, a.k.a. Old Ben, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Please be sure to share this podcast on Twitter or Facebook and let us know how we're doing by leaving us a review. And uh, tonight we're trying something a little bit different. And basically, if you're listening to this, it means it is on or after... December 27th, 2022. So we're releasing this just after Christmas. We're recording it before. So first of all, Merry Christmas to all of you. And if you're listening to it some other time of year, well, you know, Christmas greetings to you at that time of year as well. So, uh, but what we want to do here uh, in anticipation of New Year's is something, like I said, different, maybe even a little bit wacky. So as we're all aware, the New Year just being a few days around the corner means countless of people are going to be considering whether or not to take on one of those pesky New Year's resolutions. And uh, that got me thinking recently, what if some of our friends in that galaxy far, far away did the same? What if some of our favorite Star Wars characters, uh, even the bad guys, just decided to take a moral inventory, you know, tried to turn over a new leaf, do something this New Year to improve just a little bit? What might that look like? So uh, that's what we're jumping into tonight for just something a little different, some wild, wacky speculation. And uh, tonight it's it's going to be me, your host, Mike Creevy, and joining me, Jason Yuji. How are you doing? I am so blessed. How are you today? I'm doing okay. It's uh, uh, just the two of us. We were hoping to have Patrick on with us tonight, too, but he's traveling, so he couldn't make it, unfortunately. But uh, I definitely want to see if we can get his, his list, some of his speculation, maybe after the fact, and we can you know, put, uh, put that out later somehow. So, <laughs> But uh, did you? I don't suppose, I always double check here, did you get any ham solo opportunities lately? No, the last one I did was back when uh, uh, Bad Batch Season 1 was on. I got to put Finnick Shand at the drive-thru oh, at nice. the Chick-fil-A. <laughs> nice. and, the, and the guy got it. He, he, he thought it was Oh, funny. he did? Oh, cool. Yeah. I usually get these just blank stares because they just, you know, they don't call it out the place I normally do it. But uh, this time around, the deli was um, the, the kiosk I normally use to type it in. And then I take a picture and send it to everybody. Uh, the kiosk was malfunctioning, so. And I was like, I don't know. I don't want to go. <laughs> I sort of chickened out. I mean, maybe I'll be more brave next time. Um, but I was actually just going to put the bad batch since that's our next show coming up. So, well, you hopefully they wouldn't give you a bad batch of food. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, <laughs> like, would they be allowed to put that on a ticket? I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. I guess before we jump in, I don't know. Um, uh, have have do you have any background, Jason, with? New Year's resolutions, good or bad, or just do you, do you tend to do them at all? I I was just curious. Even when I try, they they don't last. Uh, I tried to do Bible in a year, 
Uh, oh yeah. You know, I'm really hoping to get catechism in a year this year. Uh, I oh, think okay. that'll be good for us. So is and that the, the Father fact Mike uh, Schmidt's one? Yeah. Is it, yeah, yeah okay. he's doing catechism in a year. So I'm going to try to get our parish involved and uh, Very cool. do that. So we'll see. I forget. I'm sure somebody, some listener would know the, the actual stat, but you know, I, we, I think we've all heard that stat before about gym memberships, you know, like spiking oh, in yeah. January and then dramatically dropping off. Like yeah, there's always a lot of advertisements. <laughs> that's for darn sure. <laughs> well, and that's, it's funny because it's a, uh, in a way, I think it kind of goes to the heart of Star Wars in some ways that, you know, there, uh, you know, there is this, um, this, this motif, I think, all throughout Star Wars about character development. You know, sometimes it's not done so well, but I think a lot of times it, it is done really well or they, they've done a really good job, I think, lately of really trying to have these complex characters who are kind of, you know, trying to find their, their way. So uh, at least maybe in that regard, we have a, opportunity here to look at some characters where they're nobody's perfect you know where where's where's some places we think these guys could you know maybe improve if they so wanted to do so but i uh, think i think we could all stand to use a little bit of improvement yeah <laughs> well so what i did here I, I picked uh i just picked 10 this was like i think i well hopefully well i won't say hopefully no one from work is listening i hope people from work do listen to the secrets of star wars but uh i do have to admit i I came up with probably two thirds of these in a faculty meeting. Um, <laughs> I probably should have been paying, but I think, they, I think they're having a debate about whether or not we should have a coffee machine in the faculty lounge. And I'm like, you know, I have a, I have a Keurig on my desk. So I, you know, so I just <laughs> sort of sat there. I'm like, let's, let's, let's work this out. But uh, I, I don't know why these particular 10 characters came to my mind, but what I did is I basically picked uh, 10 characters from across the Star Wars universe, animated uh, stuff, uh, feature films, all in some of the series, all, all sorts of different corners of the galaxy far, far away and uh, came up with my list. Jason has not seen what he's seen, the list of the characters, and we have both independently come up with some suggestions for what we think uh, their New Year's resolution might look like. So that's how this is. We're going to go. We're going to go down the list. I'll say the character and. uh Maybe we can alternate. Maybe I'll start with you, and then we'll, if I remember, you'll know, you, uh, have you go first on the odd numbers, and I'll go first on the evens. Something like that. Is that okay? <laughs> fair game. Sounds good. So first, first up is uh, Watto, our uh, <laughs> our tr- I don't know, our somewhat uh, shady dealer friend from Tatooine from uh, episodes one and three. I don't know if he showed up in anything else. Was he ever in Clone Wars? Did they ever? I never saw. I I haven't seen all of the Clone Wars, but the I don't remember the shows that I've seen. I've never seen him in it. Okay, so people mostly know him from from Phantom Menace and from. uh, Oh no, I guess it wasn't Episode Three. It was a Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Anakin and Padme go back. Right, right. So shout out to Father Andrew Kinstetter. He's he hangs in there with that being his favorite one. That's That's (laughs) his favorite Star Wars film. So, so what do you what do you think? What do you think Watto might be able to consider doing here? I'm thinking most people listening are going to think this one's pretty obvious. That guy needs to quit gambling. (laughs) (laughs) If I were him, that would be my New Year's resolution because, you know, even if he does have all the parts, he's the only one in the, you know, in the outer rim that's got one, right? That's what he tells Qui-Gon. I'm the only one that's got one, (laughs) but he doesn't sell it. He gambles it away. You know, he's not making any money. (laughs) 
So it's, it's no surprise that model. 10 years later, he's sitting there going, <laughs> hey, I need your help. You, I got some deadbeats that owe me some money. <laughs> well, I, I, no surprises here. I, I did, in fact, put it down as well. I, I was saying something like uh, maybe he could try to challenge himself to make some kind of charitable you know, donation you know, every time he, uh, he makes some sort of fall with his gambling. I don't know what a Tatooine's equivalent of like the Daughters of Ferrix would be. You know, but if there's some sort of like local Tatooine community, you know, group, he can uh, he can donate to them whenever he falls with his gambling because he Do- did donate right, water he, to the needy. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's funny because, you know, he does look pretty ragged, right? You know, when Anakin and Padme show back up, he's not taking good care of himself. And yeah, he doesn't have any more. <laughs> he doesn't have any more of his slaves or anything yeah. else. And we don't he's know. Like, doing I, too I, good. He's sitting outside that little, you know, sort of kiosk out there. I don't know if he lost his shop or if he's, it's just a, you know, he's in a different, different little part of it or what. But so, <laughs> oh, well, that, yeah, I think that one's pretty, pretty clear cut. But uh, the next one, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited to jump into here because you could do a couple things with these guys. So I'm curious what you had to say. But for this one, we were uh, looking at the Rebels crew. I should say the Ghost crew, I guess from rebels so you know you have these i mean these are these are good guys right you know they're out there they're fighting to help eventually you know at least from a certain point of view yes yeah they they start off kind of as as their own uh with their own interests in mind in a lot of ways but uh, gradually become more involved in trying to help fight the injustice of the empire they're doing all of this good but if there's one thing i thought you know there's an awful lot of carabasts floating, floating around that ship, you know, and <laughs> they're always yelling that out. And I'm always laughing, you know, and you have this uh, this hilarious, like fake swear word that's basically invented. And they're all saying it, you know. Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, what about a swearing jar <laughs> for, for the ghost crew? You know, like I can even see the image of it. It's just sitting up there you know, on a shelf or something every time. You know, they're having a shootout. You know, you don't do it right away. You got to finish the battle. But then, you know, Zeb's back there like, uh, oh, yeah, he's going to be broke. Some, <laughs> some credits into the jar. <laughs> that was that was mine. I, uh, I I went a little more serious on that one. I was mm-hmm. saying they, you know, maybe they could try to be more willing to work with other rebel cells. You know, for oh, a lot yeah. of that, for a lot of that, they tried to do things their, you know, their own way and. We saw that a lot with uh, some of the rebel cells recently in Andor. Everybody just wanted mm-hmm. to do their own thing. And some of the, you know, like Nimick's manifesto was telling them, you know, we got to work together. We got to, we can't just do this alone. So yeah. that's kind of where I went with that one coming right off of Andor was maybe they'd be more little, more willing to work and work together with others. And sure. maybe if they would would have you know, would Kanan still be with us or, or whatever. So. Yeah. It makes you wonder. Cause the, you know, you, you definitely, I don't think they have, they as a crew quite come across as gray area or as gritty, of course, as, as some of these uh, groups in oh, Andor, sure. which, which of course yeah. is earlier on, you know, and, and we are you know moving in that direction, but you know, that does seem to be pretty much right up until you know, I mean, if the way Rogue One, I mean, shows it like right up until the actual attack on the Death Star. You know, like it seems to me like the the Death Star mission, you know, or the, the plans, to, you know, the, the Death Star plan seems to be this 
culminating, you know, watershed moment where from then on, it seems more of the norm for these rebel groups to, to unite. Whereas before yeah. that, they're, they're still kind of all over the place, but maybe but Rogue One I, was the uniting factor. It might've been, I mean, I, thankfully, like, I can't really imagine, you know, Hera and Kanan and them basically letting like a Krieger, you know, type <laughs> you know, group oh, be, yeah. dis- be destroyed to hide a, a source, you know, and it's like, oh my goodness. Right. So, uh, but yeah, but still some, some growing to do. Um, now this next one, I, I want to, I'm curious what you said, cause this, this was tricky for me and I'm not sure I really like the one I came up with, but it's, you know, I'm going to kind of explore a little bit. And it of course brings up potential fun, uh, speculation on the nature of, uh, artificial intelligence and the soul and <laughs> self-improvement, all these kinds of things. So C-3PO. Well, that one, uh, if I were C-3PO, I would feel kind of stagnant only knowing 6 million forms of communication. <laughs> so I would want to learn a few more languages. Some Duolingo <laughs> or something. That, I can't believe I did that. That is good. Mine, I was, the way I had it worded was, was something to the effect of, this is the one out of the 10 of these I was, I was sort of least happy with, you know, but uh, I said something to the effect of, I was, well, I was thinking he's a very, he's a very frightened sort, you know, he's always very nervous and very, you know, anxious and, and uh, what is, I forget what Leia says to him exactly at the beginning of Last Jedi, you know, she just says something like wipe that whatever, you know, expression off your face. I forget what the word is she uses, but that, that nervous expression, I think. Oh, yeah. Which, of course, is funny because he has a solid, never changing expression, but somehow Anthony Daniels gets that across through him. So I was thinking, you know, one of these things where, you know, to do one scary or challenging thing every day, you know, now he does in the movies, he's always the, you know, there, but I, I feel like. Day to day, you know, if it's he's, he's kind of like hanging back, you know, a little just, you know, resistant on the side, which um, it, it, it reminds me of like, I'm not a big fan of spiders. And um, I was reading something years ago and it, it was about you know fear or whatever. And somehow that one came up and they're like, well, you know, you could go outside and find a spider and catch it and like, look at it and hold it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, I'm just no, I'm not going to do that. Right. Yeah. It's like, no, thank you. I, uh, <laughs> but by the same token, I just, even as a dad right now with two young daughters, I'm, I'm trying to fumbling around while I do it, but I'm trying to sort of with our eldest, especially, you know, she tends to be a little more timid and, and kind of gets fixated sometimes when she gets scared of stuff. And, you know, I'm trying to find ways to challenge her to, you know, kind of go outside her comfort zone a little bit. You know, I don't know if that if that's the best idea, sometimes I try to figure that out with her, but <laughs> fear fear's a funny fine thing. Line. Parenting. There's always a fine line with everything. Oh my gosh. How, how many, how many kids do you have? Three. Is that okay? What are their ages or age range? Roughly. I have a boy and a girl. They're 18. They're in college now. And then oh, okay. my okay. daughter is a junior. She's 16. Okay. So you've, you've navigated those, <laughs> those early childhood waters and have some some good experience on here. <laughs> yeah, and I'm still trying to walk that fine line between, you know, the secular world and the faith world and yeah, keep keep them on the right side, all that. Sure. Lots of prayer. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Well, and, you know, I think well, oddly enough, this 
I'm going to try to find a way to connect this to our next one in a, in a funny way to anticipate. But to do that, I have a, well, a general question first. Have you read any of the, um, uh, how many of the Star Wars novels? Like, have you gotten into the novels at all? I read the, the audiobooks. The first three that Timothy Zahn did in the, okay. in the 90s. And then I just finished his new Thrawn series that lead up to Rebels. Okay. Uh, and then um, I read, I know it's still Legends, but Darth Plagueis. That one oh, that's really okay. Good. That's the one I was going to ask about. I, always, I was looking up the author. I can never remember. It's James Luceno or Luceno. Mm-hmm. But I, for some reason, I always, the name that always pops in my head when I'm about to say it is Max Lucado, which is I, not. It's I, don't, yeah, reason, I don't know why I keep I getting that in my head. Too. My, you know, I think I've said that twice on previous, uh, you know, previous shows. But the reason I was going to ask about that is because the next one I have on the list is Palpatine. And in that book, of course, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't read it, but, you know, it gives this backstory of, of, of Palpatine really from his like teen years. And uh, I think he's he's in his teens when he has this, you know, burst of, of uh, you know, dark side rage and like kills his whole family and stuff. And I was well, and I don't was, even think he realized he was force sensitive before that. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it, it really. It, and I was thinking, you know, this is, uh, you know, not at all to to put a grim sort of <laughs> shadow over us just talking about our children. But, uh, you know, it is it, a funny side stories. I was thinking about, you know, like. You know, sometimes, you know, you, um, every little thing you say, or like if, if you punish or just the way that, you know, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done it that way or something later. And you're always like, maybe not always, but at least for me, somewhat routinely, like, oh man, like, is this gonna, you know, have this huge impact on my kid for the rest yeah. of their life? Or sometimes <laughs> you beat yourself up with that. And, uh, I have to laugh though, because the very first thing that, uh, I ever did really with our daughter, Noelle, when we brought her home from the hospital, it was about a year after uh, Force Awakens had come out. So we're trying, you know, like I'm trying to you know, help mommy get some sleep. And so I, a lot of those first nights, I just sort of was able to get some sleep on the couch, like holding the newborn mm-hmm. and have TV on or whatever. And I'm watching Force Awakens. And she, of course, can't really see it or understand it. She's only a few days old, but had a, I've had a good, couple good laughs over the years. It's like, was it a good idea to have like the first movie my daughter ever saw have like a patricide scene? <laughs> <laughs> like, like you know and then of course when she was like two and she's like you know we're playing with lightsabers or we see him at, at target there were a few and like she picks out the kylo ren one and i'm like <laughs> she didn't point no. it at you did she? <laughs> she, she not at me but she points at that i'm like not that one but uh <laughs> but, but with 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 palpatine i uh I, my funny one here that i was gonna say was you know it's just like this guy's just so evil you know and he's so caught up in in this this completely utilitarian controlling kind of of spirit right there's this ultimate sith and i thought i think you know even though he came from a beautiful planet from 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 uh naboo i mean i think he should just spend a lot more time by the sea this year you know like if you know i was one of those silly star wars lego movies like vader and palpatine go to the shore and i was actually like wait a minute (laughs) you know if palpatine had just spent some more time by the sea like the calming effect of the waves you know engaging with the truth goodness and beauty of creation or whatever they call it i don't know so uh you know so that's my kind of my silly one i don't know if i want what you had (laughs) well i was of the opinion that uh you know Becoming a better person's not in that guy's vocabulary, you know. <laughs> so, I 
I figured if he's going to make a resolution that he should abandon the cloning uh, path to immortality and actually, if I were him, I would actually try to, you know, uh, seek out, you know, f physical and, you know, true immortality for himself rather than cloning. But it seems yeah. like that's where they're going in almost every series. There's something hinting at that, yeah. you know, yeah. and we see that's where it ends up in uh, the rise of the skywalker yeah that's I, i'm excited for and you know i know there's a lot of debate out there about what might be retcon or, or potential like you know you know damage control over sequels and stuff and, and, and a lot of that you know i sometimes i'll listen to some of that and a lot of it makes sense but at the end of the day a lot of times i'm like i i don't know i don't know what goes on at lucasfilm but i like yeah. i think very few people I don't do. get to make the movies. Uh, yeah, I, you know, so I, I'm not going to speculate too much on that. But I, I, I think, yeah, we've seen, you know, like these cloning hints in this, this sort of subplot with all the Kaminoans, right, in um, Bad Batch. And that well, and where have, it ended up, you know, right at the very know, end, they go to Mount Tantus, yeah, you know, right. And of all the things, you know, you could put so many things in a post credit. Sometimes it's just a throwaway gag. You know, you could have, uh, you know, uh, Wrecker and, and Omega eating more Mentel mix or you know, it could just be something <laughs> silly, you know, but like that I thought was neat. And then, you know, of course, in Mandalorian with these uh, uh, the cloning pods and stuff we saw, even in Kenobi, some of the stuff with the questions about all of those Jedi or like, are they yeah. in that amber? Like, is it it was even like a Jurassic Park kind of, you know, like just keeping them in petrified, you know. So, I, yeah, I think that they're making it pretty clear that they're trying to flesh that out more um and then there was the um i can't think of that it was one of the newest novels something i'll look it up something sith uh shadow of the sith adam christopher just came out i think last summer and i, I read that one i was on a audit did an audiobook on a, on a long drive to a retreat and um that was interesting because that one really you know developed some of that what backstory is it set in so it's set i think it's like um 17 years or so after return of the jedi you know so like okay. 13 or something before force awakens so luke is like this you know kind of at the peak of his power and he's you know, ben solo is under training at the at mm -hmm. that time with him he's not in the novel much but luke and lando go on sort of an adventure to, to sort of track down he's having these visions or basically he's getting transported in these, these dreams or visions to Exegol. Um, and it basically is, is some of the backstory of what Lando talks about at the beginning of rise of Skywalker, when they're looking for that Ochi, you yeah. know, Sith cultist kind of guy or whatever. Um, or the guy that had the dagger, mm -hmm. you know, they find his body in the pit. So it gives that backstory, you know, and I couldn't help but think like, as I'm listening to it, I'm like, see this, it's <laughs> like, like, this is great. Like it makes Rise of Skywalker a little more integrated, I think, and makes a little more sense. But it's that's always that thing. Like if you need that to do it, right? You know, like, eh. But uh, but no, yeah, Palpatine. That might be a throwaway one. You know, he's he's certainly he doesn't seem to be too interested in. Yeah, like in I said, I don't of... I don't think becoming a better person's in his book. Ever. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Bad Batch, and I'll, I'll give you this one to kick off with uh, on on uh, the next one here. So, uh, Crosshair, 
who's, who's one of my favorite characters, like someone who I just, I really don't have any idea where they're going to take his character. Like I could, if he's redeemed, it will make sense to me. If he's not, it will make sense to me. Yeah. Like I, I really, <laughs> I can't think of another character that that's, that's so far as that sort of satisfying to just like not know, you know, where he's going to go or it's not super predictable. But uh, what, what did you think with him? Well, I think uh, his New Year's resolution is going to be trying to understand why the rest of Clone Force 99 is rebelling against their new empire. Mm. You know, he wants, I think, now that we know, spoiler alert, now that we know that he doesn't have his uh, chip, mm. you know, he he's of the... He's of the mindset that the empire is a good thing. So he wants to understand why they think it's not. And it's funny because he, you know, um, my, well, I'll just I'll throw my funny one out first just for the heck of it and then <laughs> go back to more serious. But mine was, uh, he's just so, he said he's so wound up, you know, I said he's like enrolled in like a Bob Ross painting class <laughs> or something, you know, just to like, just like put the rifle down, man. Like just, you know, put some pretty birds in there, you know, just like, like calm, calm down here, you know, like, explore something different. No, but he, yeah, it's, um, I, I was really surprised when, when he said, you know, uh, that, you know, his chip was, you know, he took his chip out a long time ago. Yeah, or they got me like, on that one. Yeah, and he didn't say, what did he say? He said, you know, my, uh, my chip's already out or something. They're like, when did you take it out? And he's like, doesn't matter. You know, so it's like, you don't even know. Like, his might have been out the whole time. Yeah, before <laughs> like before uh, Order 66. Yeah. That's like so crazy. Um, which is funny because what it simultaneously makes it more, depending on how I look at it, I feel sometimes like more or less likely that they'll be able to get through to him. You know, because in one sense, it's like, well, there's no external like the devil made me do it thing to worry about like it's yep. you know there's not any excuse made from moral that. choices now yeah but now but by the same token it's like but he really wants to do this um and i just i loved the i really did love the way they built that up at the very end of that season because um that show is um uh, and this is just me people can laugh at me if they want that's okay everyone has that's it's a big galaxy here i i really thoroughly enjoyed andor but just personally i'm I'm just more i'm personally looking more forward to the bad batch season two i am too <laughs> that i was and i think it's i just you know i don't think i'm a what's the word i'm looking for I, I i don't think i'm like a shallow tv show watcher and by that i mean like someone who's like just give me popcorn. I don't want any depth. I don't want to use my brain. I don't, you're like, well, no, it, it's, I think there's a lot of pretty thought provoking <laughs> things in, uh, in the bad batch. And it's just a different sort of flavor. I, I really, I think for me, I've especially really liked how, how well they've done at making it a show that an adult doesn't even remotely have to feel like you have to explain that you're watching a cartoon. Like I, I really, think that's different right than it was 10 15 years ago yeah you know because even then it's like there's some animated thing and i'm like oh uh what are you watching oh, i'm watching this for research you know it's like <laughs> you know no, it, i mean with clone wars and rebels especially when when i started listening to you guys on the podcast and started watching rebels man i was hooked and yeah it was you know i didn't you almost forget that it's animation because it's Star right. Wars, you know, yeah. and it fits 
it fits so well into everything that we already know. Yeah. Well, and that's, and we, we've talked about it a lot. We'll talk about it more too, because actually our next, um, those of you listening right after this comes out, or close to when this comes out, you know, our next thing up, of course, is getting into um, Bad Batch season two. And um, I, I had to jump on the, as, as soon as I could, I, I actually signed up for the kickoff, <laughs> kickoff episode, because it's like, let's do this. But um, one thing I noticed about it was just the, right off the get go, the, uh, I I just I don't know how someone like D Bradley Baker can possibly do what he does, <laughs> you know, because it, it's like, you know, unless I unless I specifically remember or, or, or actively think about the fact as I'm watching it, that like one guy is doing the voice of, you know, sometimes all or like two, two thirds of the people I'm seeing in a given episode. It's like, man, what's it like being with that guy? Like, you know parties and stuff <laughs> he just, who are you now <laughs> yeah full conversations with himself or like what well, i don't know so, <laughs> um well and the next up one we had who of course is someone else there's a lot of overlap with some of these these of course so saw guerrera and saw who we of course saw in um well i guess he did he he first showed up in uh I think in it was clone wars one clone wars yeah because i think he was at the time they were saying i hadn't watched clone wars yet when i first saw rogue one uh, yeah, and then too. i went back and i watched so i i knew i had seen something about him or seen some clips or something but I, I didn't know the whole story with him until i had seen rogue one and then i went back and watched clone wars but i believe he was unless i'm mistaken the first the first animated character who they introduced then into to one of the live action films actually i think dom would correct someone would correct me and say it was boba fett from the holiday special <laughs> um, I, but other than him um but yeah so saw of course you know um profoundly un not untrustworthy maybe i guess but untrusting right paranoid yeah. um i i my joke resolution here with him was weekly trust building exercises or something like the ymca or the you know the ones you have to like fall back into like someone behind you catches you um but but uh in, in a more serious sort of vein here you know i think it, it is trust related i i it's hard to say you know like if he would actually put himself in this position you know to be vulnerable or to be willing to die i guess just, it's hard to say because you know he seems willing to fight and to die like he's he's kind of this reckless character he's not afraid of death but you know to put that into some sort of actual effective means of building the rebellion i, I don't know what what do you think about that for well that's pretty much saw. what i put down just to, i maybe worded it different but i basically mm. wrote that you know his new year's resolution would be to be more trusting and work with others in the, in the Alliance, mm. you know, realize I'm not the only guy in this galaxy. It's a really big galaxy yeah. and I'm going to need help. Well, I wonder if like Luthen didn't even make things worse because it's like, so like saw now we know, like saw because we're behind the scenes and we see all this saw would have died. You'd, I mean, probably. And all of his guys, if he went and did that Krieger mission, yep. but that was, I thought that was an interesting little development. Like when Luthen goes there again and 
walks into Saw and all of them getting ready to go. Like, he's changed his mind, because at first he wasn't going to do it. He's like, I don't trust him. I don't, you know, Krieger, and he's this and he's that. So that that was kind of like a, a bursting of that bubble, maybe. You know, like, here he is maybe about to go do this. Right. And all of his distrust is reinforced even more. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like... Sends him to where yeah. we see him in Rogue One, where yeah, he doesn't trust the the guy that defected, you know. Yeah, he's probably one of the characters I'm sort of most sympathetic to. I think, you know, that's in that sort of gray area because I just like I don't. Every time I come back to Saw, I'm like, well, here's what he should do. It's like, I, you know, <laughs> I don't he, know. Well, he you needs, know? you know, he. One of the things that threw him over the edge was when he lost his sister. I think right. Yeah. So Stila, I think was under he never he never got, you know, as we'd say, he needs closure or something, you know? Yeah. And it makes you wonder, like, I don't know what like what's he really fighting for at this point, (laughs) you know? And the fact that he's he wants to do it all himself, it almost seems like Mm -hmm. it's just pure vendetta. Mm Mm-hmm. And who does he even take it out on anymore? I mean, she's killed in that battle with and it's been a long time since I saw it, but doesn't it Ahsoka tries to save her, right? Or so it's one of those battles with the separatists and that rock breaks or something and she falls off the cliff, I think, or something like that. Yeah, I would, she can't I, get to I don't her, even remember. It was, yeah, it was something like that. But, uh, but it's like, if you're, that's an interesting, like, you know, so you're upset at the separatists, but then the separatists don't exist anymore. But now the people whose side you were on are now the Empire. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it was all a big you know, game anyway, it's, it's like, you know, yeah, I, I definitely sympathize. Well, you know, this whole thing, him. it seems like the, the empire, you know, when the war is over, more people separate from the empire than mm-hmm. they, than there were separatists to begin with all these other Republic, you know, ones that sided with the Republic are like, hold on a minute. We're on the wrong side now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, so so confusing. <laughs> we won the war. Oh man. <laughs> really? Like great. Oh. And and it's it's interesting too cuz the um uh, you know with well and I love it's it's kind of like um um was it Tech I think that said it in Bad Batch. I was going back and watching season 1 again cuz when they're talking about going to visit uh uh Cut, was a Cut Loquane, you know, and his family out there and uh and he's like, you know, you trust something like, you know, you trust a deserter. And he's like, why not? We're deserters, too. Yeah. <laughs> right now, like, and it's just this everything, you know, keeps getting turned upside down. And where do you find yourself? And um, and that's actually a good theme that, you know, we've hit on a few times and I'm sure we'll hit on it even more of like this allegiance thing, you know, and that goes back to Crosshair. And I think a lot of these people, it's like. Who's your allegiance to like the um, Skeen, I think his name was something weird like that in Andor, yeah, you know, I'm. I'm a rebel. It's just me against everybody else or something right. like that. You know, he used that team for what he needed and he yeah. was going to take, take everything that he could. Yeah. I wonder if maybe Saw could reflect deeply on what, what exactly it is. He's, <laughs> you know, he's serving, you know, or what's, what's his motive. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he knows and he just, we just never know, you know, well, I think or, or we guess. see it at, right at the very end in rogue one, you know, he's, when he realizes he can't fight no more mm-hmm. and it, okay, now it's time for you guys to go do it. And he yeah. sends Jen, basically Jen in, in his mind, he sent a Jen off. Everybody else is just right. whoever's with her, you know? 
what does he say? Something like uh, save the rebellion, right? Save yeah. the dream, you know, yeah. something. Yeah. Well, these last, these last couple are interesting here. So <laughs> I thought, why not? Let's give it a try. So Jabba the Hutt. All right. Yeah. You got me stuck. I don't know how that guy is going to change. So I'm going to let you handle that one. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Mine was totally ridiculous. Like some sort of servant leader boss conference or something like some kind of, you know, it's like the guy's a terrible boss. You know, he's, he's just a, a very, very uh, uh, brutal. Uh, I don't even know how to discuss. It's just a giant slug. You know, I mean, like, what do you do with him? So we, and he's so we dependent might... on everybody. He can't do nothing for himself. That's yeah. Maybe we could get him into some kind of uh, yeah. He's just like he's spoiled, you know. Um, when everybody his, goes uh, off fighting on the sail barge, he's he's left there helpless, and yeah. a little girl, a little girl kills him. Yeah, right. Much <laughs> smaller than him, but uh, yeah. It, it's funny because I do. I think of his cousins, you know, or whatever they are, you know. And uh, that was one of my favorite things in Book of Boba Fett was just the huge litter <laughs> with these giants. It's like goodness, like you guys are just the worst. So yeah, the huts. I don't know. Well, I don't really know that we're going to see them really develop any much, but or do too much here. But uh, the next one, though, uh, I do think there's there's some fun potential for Peli. So Peli Moto from uh, from Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, which I guess you can just say Mandalorian because everybody called that arc like Mandalorian 2.5. It was like yeah. an extended trailer <laughs> for season three or something. So what do you think for Peli? I, uh, I think she's going to try to be more organized. And stay on top of her business. You she know, seem distracted. Yeah. <laughs> Even, you know, she was, she went out to get that ship for Din and he comes to pick it up and she's like, well, yeah, it's here. You got to right. help me finish it. But, <laughs> oh, she, yeah. She and you got, we got to start too. too. Yeah. She, and she, she kind of forgot about it, right? Like she's like, you know, he's like, you said something about a ship. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. And I sent you a message. And so he's looking like that's here. <laughs> well, she said, I was thinking for her, and I hope they do this in season uh, season three, you know, when they were having that little sidebar conversation working on the Starfighter, the, the Naboo Starfighter. And she says, just mentions in passing about how uh, she's never been off world, you know, and she's like, yeah, I'm a local girl. And I was like, you know, I think Pelly should travel off world at least once. You know, commit to whatever it is, like run some supplies somewhere to a nearby system, whatever. Just get off Tatooine. Well, unless know, she uh, takes his ship by herself, it won't be in Den's ship. That thing's a little bit. That's true. Yeah, she's not fitting in there. So uh, I would love to see them find a way to, I don't know, like, I, I, I guess you could overdo her character. Um, I, I guess in that, I think if you just, if you put her in scenes that she doesn't belong in, like she does not belong on that Imperial cruiser at the end of season two, you know, like, Oh yeah. I'm going to go fight with you guys and get like, no, but, but she, <laughs> she fits in the chaos of like trying to just come and deliver, you know, Grogu to Din in the middle of that fight, you know, like with the, with on the that rickle rickle and all that. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, so, uh, so yeah, I, I think it would be a mistake to take her too far off world, but yeah, she could go somewhere. And she's going to start yeah. dating too, you know, she, that's right. Yeah. The, what was it? The, the mayor, major domo. Yeah. And that, who that's it was right. that I she ends, about up, him. ends up, uh, Ooh, he's cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I wonder if they'll have, the, I, I would not be surprised to see 
I mean, pretty much anybody that we saw in Book of Boba Fett, you know, back somehow in Mandalorian. I don't know if they've confirmed any future Book of Boba Fett stuff because it was kind of a mixed bag, you know, I gather with some of the reception on that. But uh, I guess the good thing about having it being an overlap is you get, you know, you get to bring those people in whenever you need them. Yeah, and they introduced, me. they introduced all of them in the Mandalorian, so yeah, it wouldn't be wouldn't be anything for them to just show up. It reminds me a little of the uh, the pitch meeting guy um, Ryan George on YouTube, who does those like goofy pitch. Have you ever ever seen those? A few, he yeah. Plays a, you know, the producer the and the writer. Yeah, yeah. And he has one where he's like, uh, I think it was the Wandavision uh, one where he was breaking down. Uh, the end. Did you see that? By the way, I don't want to spoil it for. If you I, haven't no. seen Wandavision, skip the next oh, I've thirty seen seconds. Wandavision, yes. Okay, but, but <laughs> not the pitch meeting. <laughs> but he says, uh, you know, when Vision at the end, you know, the 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 new version of Vision or whatever just flies off, like after he's sort of like become the real Vision or something, mm-hmm. you know, vague, and he just disappears dramatically. And uh, and he, he, I think it's the producer talking to the writer, and he's like, you know, wait, where's he going? And then he said, he says, he's, the writer says, off into the MCU to be retrieved at a later date whenever we need. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, it has, you know, it has, they do it in Star Wars too sometimes, you know, you're like uh, all the time, bringing, man. Yeah, everybody, like, everybody yeah. keeps coming back to life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or they just disappear for a while, and they're like, well, we haven't seen them in a while. Like the uh, was, oh, was it the Martez sisters. <laughs> You know, I'd yep. like to see them live action. They'll 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 bring them in somewhere. They've they've grown on me. I thought they were a little much at first, but you know, they're fun. <laughs> yep, they fit in Bad Batch. When they showed up in Bad Batch, you're like, okay, I see it. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Now uh, this was we normally, if there's any Star Wars news, we do it at the beginning. But uh, I forgot about this, and some of it's it's you know, there's always rumors and stuff. But the neatest um, rumor lately I've heard is that. Um, there are all kinds of, I guess, there's chatter supposedly about the Ahsoka series uh, covering multiple different time periods. Um, oh, yeah. And I think it was an interview. I think, well, I guess it wasn't a rumor because I think Bryce Dallas Howard was was specifically saying, I think she might be directing at least some of that. And she was saying that um, something like Clone Wars fans are going to be very excited or there's something like that, that there's going to be some I, yeah, I Ahsoka heard, uh, flashbacks. Different ages and different actresses yeah. playing her at different at different ages with be uh, cool. with rosario dawson playing the you know i guess current time frame the main one yeah yeah well and i think they've been definitely playing around with that with some of the live action clone wars uh aesthetic you know with like the the, the temple flashback scenes you know in kenobi or um the even some of the flashbacks with like death watch and some of the uh, uh clone wars era uh, droids and stuff in Mandalorian yeah. and, and, you know, like well, if they do that, I, I know it might be considered fan service, but it sure would be neat to see Ashley Eckstein player. Oh, that would be so cool. We'll keep my fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do have, uh, two more to go here. And, uh, the next one is number nine. Here's uh, grand Moff Tarkin, a particularly interesting character. And there was a Tarkin novel. I think, I want to say James Lucino might have written that too, or there was a, there was, uh, I think it was a Legends one. I'll, I'll double check here quick. But uh, any thoughts on Grand Moff Tarkin? I think Grand Moff Tarkin is going to set himself a goal to become the Emperor's right hand man, regardless of who he has to step on to get there. That sounds about right. He does. Pal- Palpatine does always have a particular. I don't know, like trust. I mean, there's these things that show up. I think in some of the 
I think some of the the canon material, you know, in, in texts and novels and, and stuff like that, um, texts, what textbooks, yeah, no novels, <laughs> <laughs> and in some of the, um, what am I trying to say? Some of the comics and stuff like that. From what I've, I don't, I don't, I don't read those really, but uh, yeah, I mean, there either. does seem to be this this thing. If I've heard, you know, in some audiobooks and novels and stuff where, you know, there's always this like protection kind of, you know, like like the emperor really does seemingly trust Tarkin obviously quite a bit and has for a long time. And Thrawn. And yeah. and Tarkin sees Thrawn as a as a threat. Yeah. So the yeah. another spoiler alert in the in the last Thrawn novel series, he uh in the third book of that series, he Tarkin pits uh Krennic and Thrawn against each other. And he's like, I really don't. Basically, he's saying, I don't care who wins, because <laughs> as long as both of them fall, I'm good. Yeah. Well, and his his backstory is pretty cool in the Lucino novel, which I think came out. It was it was 2014. I was just looking at the date, so that would be after the Disney acquisition. So that one might be a canon novel. I I, I think, but I'm, it depends on I guess when it was written or however the, the licensing and stuff works, but. uh but yeah, that his his sort of rise to power is a really interesting story in that novel. So I recommend that to anyone who hasn't read it. Um, I thought on a lighter note, I don't know what are the, he has, uh, you know, the whole role, no matter who's playing him or, you know, he's being described in a novel. It always goes back to Peter Cushing, you know, who is just so iconic. And I was laughing because he, you know. Some of the behind the scenes stuff that I've seen over the years, and I'm sure a lot of listeners have too. It's just always funny to me that he's this, you know, has this this charming rapport with Carrie Fisher, and he's this iconic actor, and she's this young, you know. But it's nothing like what it is on screen. And um, he was talking about how, I guess he was pretty tall, and he had these I forget what size shoes he wore, but the the boots were tremendously uncomfortable. Did you ever hear about that? I guess yeah. I just saw he this recently. I love it. Or he has these slippers. Yeah, like he's because like, <laughs> he's, he's he's like, can you film it from you know on their knees up, or whatever? But I, I I was I don't know if it was that. I was just thinking like he does have this. He seems like a man of culture. Like he seems like he has this, you know, sort of um, um, probably, you know, like whatever the the galaxy's version of a classical education is. I don't know. Like that's I'm looking at Tark and I'm thinking what's what's. He's just so, you know, uh, power hungry and he's so bureaucratic. And I was like, you know what? I, I feel in my mind, my head cannon, as we like to say, right? I feel like when he was young, he played the violin <laughs> and he hasn't played in years, you know, and maybe this year, just on a lighter note, he could <laughs> just, you know, maybe, maybe try to fit that back in the repertoire a little bit, <laughs> take the edge off a little, you know, it's, it's, it's really really stressful to run the death star <laughs> well, he we're just of course started. assuming this is before he gets blown up no, but <laughs> well he, he if you realize that he never did that very long yeah. you know it was critics yeah. deal until he stole it basically yeah well and, and how long could it be what are we talking a couple days a couple weeks yeah. I mean, how long a couple weeks it? at most <laughs> you know yeah like they basically go um yeah it's like right after scarif Vader, you know, they track him down. It's like, yeah, maybe a couple days max before, like, you know, Han and them are captured on the Death Star. Yeah, he's, yeah, I mean, he basically, actually they blow up Alderaan. A week? Yeah, <laughs> I think they blow up Alderaan the day after the Battle of Scarif, right? Yeah, it's not, it's very, very close, so. Yeah. 
maybe even later that day. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Very, you know, it's, it's not a long, uh, well, I'll put it this way. If they ever put up like a plaque of like those we lost, you know, back in like Imperial <laughs> headquarters, so they have him there and it's like d- commander of death star or whatever. And then like the date and then just the hyphen and it's the same year. Um, you know, <laughs> the same week, whatever it is. Well, then the last one I have on our list here of our top 10 and then, you know, if there's anyone else that comes to mind last minute, we could, but uh, we'll probably we'll probably wrap up here before too long. But uh, the last one is one that uh, I just couldn't resist. I, I for some reason he stuck in my head. Max Rebo, right? <laughs> this it's funny because I kept you know like my wife was sort of laughing at me when we were watching the um, I guess it was, I think it was the first episode where they go to the sanctuary in Book of Boba Fett. I think it was in there, you know, and he's there. Off to the side. I'm like, yeah, it's Max Rebo. <laughs> he knew it. I knew it. He survived the uh, survived the um, uh, Jabba sail barge somehow. And here, yeah, he now it makes you later. wonder if he survived the sanctuary. And that's that's why my because it blew my, up my, too. Uh, <laughs> my, my well, my little joke, you know, here for his uh, New Year's resolution was, uh, I said, I said, be a little bit more discerning when it comes to taking gigs. Like, don't don't take every single gig. That is, if you're still alive, well, you know, it's... I, mine's similar. I said he needs to keep better company. Yes. Oh, look, I, you know, he, keep, he keeps getting himself in a position to be blown up and he doesn't yeah. seem like he moves very fast. No, I can't imagine. I'd love to see like some, you know, I don't know, Seth Green will probably do if he hasn't already some sort of robot chicken thing with it or something. But like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, uh, I, I was never a professional musician. My, my dad was, I have a lot of friends, you know, over the years who have been at some point and uh, yeah, it's a, it's tough. You know, you gotta, <laughs> sometimes you gotta take the gig, <laughs> but I, but I don't know any who were blown up. So uh, there's, there's probably some better places he could find himself. Why does he, is he stuck on Tatooine? What's, what's going on here? You yeah, know, I don't know. So <laughs> it's not his home planet. I know that. So, well, I just always love the idea, like these, these very Lucas type things, the idea of having, you know, like, like an elephant basically. Right. But make him little, you know, make it like a little blue elephant guy. That, that'll that look different. Well, I think a lot of that goes back to, <laughs> did, did you ever watch that ILM series they put out on Disney oh, plus? Yeah. 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 What did where this, I, it basically yeah. shows a lot of it was here's my vision, go do it. And right. he just left it to them. And like they're like, Paul hey, Tippett and those guys are like, you know, right. so they're probably just sitting there thinking, <laughs> oh, I bet we could have this weird looking piano player guy. And yeah, let's just build yeah. that. Yep. That'll work. Okay. Put him in there. <laughs> <laughs> Max Rebo. I think he, Oh, you know what? This is, Oh wow. The timeline just did something fun in my, my head here. Do we, so are the, are the Star Wars Lego movies canon? <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with those. Or are they just a joke? I don't know, because Life Day seems to be a thing. Because the, the Life Day Christmas one, Max Rebo's playing there, and that's the sequel trilogy crew. Yeah. So that's like 25 years after the Sanctuary blew up, so... Maybe know. he he already maybe he did exactly what <laughs> he started taking better gigs and now Max is playing gigs on the Millennium Falcon for the uh, the sequel sequel trilogy crew. Oh, that's I'm gonna go back and check that after this because I just I want to <laughs> close that loop. So, 
Oh, well, this this has been a lot of fun. I, this is totally random. I don't do. Do you have do you have any other final thoughts, Jason? Or even just on uh, New Year's resolutions? Just, <laughs> just doing something a little more lighthearted and or was so serious. And for the yeah. most part, it was a lot more serious than we're used to, you know, so it was fun just. Yeah. Just thinking about the characters, not, you know, no stakes. Right. And and I think that's going to be a, a nice transition to to Bad Batch, of course, as as it's coming on, you know, um, here pretty soon at the time of this recording. Um, you know, not that there's no stakes in that sh- as a show, but so far, you know, we haven't lost a major character yet on there. And, and I don't know. I don't know if they'll do that season two or not. So I think that's a big question we all have is where are those guys, you know, 10 years from now, 15, whatever the case is. So, yeah, we and we don't know where Omega is. You know, we kept yeah. speculating we might see her in Book of Boba Fett, but yeah, she never showed up there. Will we see Omega in live action at some point? I don't know. I think it'd be really cool to bring her into Ahsoka or something. Yeah. And I don't know how, how satisfying it is to have. You know, like you could potentially have a show like this, and I don't think it would make a whole lot of sense. But, you know, there's other parts of the galaxy that are sort of farther out there, right? You know, the Chiss Ascendancy or Unknown Regions and that kind of stuff. But it's like, eh, I don't know. I think I think we need to have them close by. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's it from us for tonight. Listeners, what did you think of this episode? Oh, I almost said this episode of Andor. I, I forgot to change my script. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Anyway, what do you, what do you think of this episode of The Secrets of Star Wars and uh, our speculation here about our New Year's resolution uh, Star Wars character opp- opportunities and suggestions? Please let us know one way or the other. We'd love to hear your feedback. We always love that. Uh, you can send us any feedback you want at starwars at sqpn.com. Uh, you can also visit our Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. You can also find StarQuest on Facebook, facebook.com slash Media, and on Twitter at SQPN. And previous episodes of The Secrets of Star Wars can always be found by visiting sqpn.com slash starwars. We'd like to make sure before we close out tonight, as always, we thank our Secrets of Star Wars patrons, including this week, Matthew Q, Charles B, Matthew G, Rasmus M, and DR. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, please make sure you follow uh, the show, Apple Podcasts, you know, subscribe on their Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, any uh, podcast aggregator you can find the show. Uh, I use Pocket Casts. Personally, it's on there as well. Uh, You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the bell for notifications. And just anywhere you can leave us a review or any any rating uh, really helps get the word out and spread the show around. So, um, oh, and don't forget to get merchandise too. sqpn.com slash merch. It's like everything over there. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's probably, well, now we're, this is after Christmas now that you're all hearing this. But, uh, hey, somebody's birthday's around the corner. So, uh, at any rate, uh, we will be back next time to dig into the first two episodes of Bad Batch. They're putting out season two, episodes one and two um and so we'll be back on uh let me get that date here quick uh when does that drop the i think it's the fourth fourth. well the new show starts yeah wednesday the fourth is when the new season uh comes out fourth of january 2023 and then that means we will be back that next uh tuesday tuesday the 10th 
of January, you'll hear our our first breakdown of the Bad Batch. And then we'll be doing that weekly for uh, for several weeks. And um, we're still figuring a few little details out, but uh, Mandalorian Season 3 is going to drop kind of right in the middle of, of Bad Batch's run. So I think we're, we're going to jump over to that, and then we'll probably finish Bad Batch on the other side of Mandalorian, since that's such a such a flagship show. We want to give that its... Uh, it's due. So <laughs> so until next time, Jason, Yuji, thank you so much for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. Thank you. Happy New Year. Yeah, you too. Uh, and uh, I'm Mike Creevy. Thank you all for listening to the secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. Hi, everyone. This is Dom Bettinelli. CEO of StarQuest, with a special message. This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to keep producing the shows you love and to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts are tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com give. That's sqpn.com give. May you have a blessed Christmas season.